Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and yes, welcome to Outside the Sheds. Your once a week escape from the mundane life that tries to pull us into the black abyss of unknowing. But, but, but Shedheads, that is why you come here. That is why we embrace. That is why week in, week out, we, may, we meet up. Same bat time, same bat channel. Okay, let's change that. Same bat channel, maybe not same bat time. But we come together. We come together for one major reason, for passion for the games, for passion for the sport, for what we love about the games we call Rugby League, AFL Aussie Rules Football, and just sports in general. Because I know deep down, some of you are cricket fans, and I'm gonna tell you something right now, I got baseball and I'm never gonna fall in love with cricket. And that's nothing personal. I just don't understand why you're wearing more white than a, than a Wimbledon brunch. But that's not my game, and I'm not gonna pick on it. I do love that you have a guy wearing hockey goalie pads, though. I don't understand that, though. But I also haven't been hit with a ball doing 70 miles per hour to 100 miles per hour that's wood. No thank you. But I'm done. I'm not picking on, I'm not here. We're not here to pick on cricket. You know why? Because I know some of you love it, and I'm not going to pick on it. I'm not doing it. But what we are here for is shedheads, ladies and gentlemen, it is Super Bowl week. And I know that is not talking about the NRL, AFL, Super League, our games that we normally talk about. It's Super Week. It's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. It is magical. It is magical. And we've got a Super Bowl that's coming that's it's got old guard versus new guard, the goat versus the kid, and you know what a kid is, it's baby goat. So, we've got it all, I'm very, very excited for the game, I'm definitely, definitely, I, didn't, I don't know if, I'm gonna, if I stress that enough, definitely rooting for one team over the other, we won't go into that into detail, I'm just going to say that your Shed Adamas definitely has a dog in the fight. And so I'm excited for the game on Sunday. But here's the thing and why you can feel that I am buzzing without any type of Monster Energy drink or Bolivian marching powder running through my system. No, I am excited because it has been two weeks since I've talked to you live. Last episode, we had the incredible interview with uh, Dominic Gonzalez, my, my, my brother from another mother, my 1% Pakistani Catholic brother. I love him. Uh, and it was a magical, magical interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed having it and talking to Dom and being able to sit back and just picking his brain and being able to talk a little smack about those eels, blue and gold army. Uh, and finding out that deep down he just loves the manly Moringa Sea Eagles more than life itself. He just can't admit it to you outwardly. But that was last week. And you have to understand how much I've wanted to get on the airwaves with you guys. I was even thinking about doing two episodes this week. 
Because so much has happened in the last 14 days in rugby league, I, I don't almost know where to start. And it is so exciting. And I told you guys two weeks ago, I told you that we were about ready to kick off. That the season, even though we're not playing live matches yet in the NRL or the AFL, the season really is getting ready to kick off. And by gosh, has it kicked off. And going into the 40 this week, I almost didn't, like I said, didn't know where to start. But I started. I decided to just go with as the stories hit, what they were, we went over it. And the first story to kick us off is, again, one of my favorite players ever in the game, Benji Marshall. And if you listen to Benji's words, Benji said that he was about two or three days away from saying the boots were hung up forever, that he was done, pretty much going to retire, going to say, I'm just going to drift off in my sailboat towards the Fox footy world and just use my voice and, 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 and my million dollar smile to convey and talk about the game that we love. But what happened? Benji Marshall got a lifeline and will now be wearing a different type of stripe this year. He's going to be playing for Wayne Bennett and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. That's right. Benji is a bunny. And he's a bunny for a year. He signed a one-year deal. It sounds like it's for over 150000 which is crazy to think about because Benji had the chance to finish out his career over in the Super League over at Hull for $700,000. Now, that's a big, 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 big drastic pay cut. But as we've also found out, Benji's about ready to add to the Benji family. His wife is pregnant for their, with their second child. So maybe Fox won't be spoiled as much as he was if it wasn't going to be for the second Marshall. But I am just so excited that Benji is able to go out. For one, it sounds like the relationship that he has with Wayne Bennett is something pretty special. And after what we saw what Wayne Bennett did for the Maroons in State of Origin, who knows what he's going to be able to do. You know, I think we all know that Every player in this league is one tackle away from not finishing the season or definitely missing multiple, multiple games. And now with Origin going to be happening during the middle of the season, like it normally does, there's going to be times where Benji is going to be called upon to run the halves or to work in the halves. And, you know, I, I just don't see a halfback combination. Adam Reynolds isn't the biggest guy. I just don't see a halves combination in South Sydney finishing the entire season unscathed from injury. And I do think we're going to see Benji Marshall playing this year. And I do think Benji has set himself up well to playing on a team that has a real chance to contend to wear a premier, to win a premiership. And what better way? You know, that's all players want to do is go out on top. You know, Tom Brady right now is is trying to go out on top because I let's let's be honest. I think. If that old that old goat wins the Super Bowl this year, I think he retires. I think he goes off and lives in the Victoria's Secret lingerie department, uh, heaven in the sky. But who knows? I, you know, none of us can say for sure if that's what he'll do. You know, avocado ice cream can make you do some crazy things. But I I do think that by every means this is Benji's last season, 
And wouldn't it be great to see him lifting that trophy 15 years after he lifted it the last time? Going to be 16, I know. It's the 2021 season. But So that is some big news. And then news followed that by the Rabbitohs giving permission for Benji to do something he hasn't done since 2013, and that's to play in the NRL All-Stars game. But it will be the first time that he will be able to represent the Maori All-Stars, which would be his native New Zealand team. And I know Benji wants to go out by finishing his career by playing for the Kiwis at the end of the year at the Rugby League World Cup. I think that would be... That would make a, a magical 2021 season finish with a bow on top, extra icing, and a shot of peanut butter whiskey to trace it all down. I think that would be the swan song that he is praying and hoping that he gets. But this whole thing's going to kick off on February 20th when he's been named in the side. He may not start, but I think that it'll be the first time that he's going to play with his brother, and that's going to be cool for him. And I, I think that I think Benji has a chance to have a special, special year. He's not going to be on the field the whole time. But I think that what he can bring to the field in coaching, helping the young players with South Sydney, I think it's going to rejuvenate him. I don't think he's going to feel the weight of the world like he did with the Tigers. And I think he's going to have a pretty damn good season. And I'm really hoping he does because he deserves it. And so... That is the story to kick us off. And I don't think, wow, if that just happened, if that was the only story for the week, that's a pretty big story. We could talk for a while about that. But that is just us starting to chisel away at the ice from a Greenland iceberg. Because next, we got news. And I think if, if like I said, we're all here, we're all, we're all rugby league heads. We saw that Sean Johnson tore his Achilles last season, late in the season. And we know that that can be a long, long, long rehab to come back to play. Especially when we know that Sean Johnson has that explosive step and and so much of his game is, is about his elusiveness and his power and his speed. So we know that that Achilles is going to have to be cracking and it's going to have to be as close to 100% as, as an Achilles can be after an injury like that. We're seeing Kevin Durant pull this off right now. We see Clay, Tom Clay Thompson is actually rehabbing right now for the Golden State Warriors with an Achilles injury. And we saw Kobe come back from an Achilles injury. But that is a total different thing. None of those guys get tackled. None of those guys are running away from being tackled. None of those guys are playing with cleats on their feet either. So you're not going to have that extra dig into the ground as you're pushing off to really grab at that, at that Achilles. So to say that this is a big, big rehab comeback that's going on for Sean Johnson is an understatement. A big, big time understatement. So we get wind, and, and I think a lot of the Shark fans in the Shire were wondering, you know, what are we going to do in the halves? We got Chad Townsend, as long as he's not throwing a high tackle at Kalen Ponga and knocking him the next week. But we know Townsend is a reliable good halfback. But what are we going to do in the 5 eighth position? Because we need some creativity. We need somebody who's going to change the game up as Townsend keeps everything straight. Who's going to be able to be that wild card in the halves? And it looks like right now 
that Morris is going to go with Matt Moylan. And and I've looked at Matt Moylan in preseason training, and he looks like he's got a point to prove. He's coming back from that hamstring going down game after game, it almost seemed like. But Matt Moylan knows that this is the season to salvage his career. Because if Matt Moylan goes down with more injury, you can put a stake in Matt Moylan. His career will pretty much be redone. Because there won't be a lot of teams that are going to come in to pick up Matt Moylan. And you have to understand, it is a contract year for him. Next year, Matt Moylan will be looking for work. And if he has a big season for Cronulla, maybe Cronulla brings him back. Because if everything goes to pass like they're hoping for, you're expecting Sean Johnson to come back in in the halves. And then Moylan transition back to fullback. So it's a big season for Matt Moylan. But Matt Moylan, everything you've seen about him, he's got a smile on his face. He's, he's, he seems very excited and eager to prove the player that he is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think just a, a couple seasons ago, Matt Moylan was considered one of the best young up-and-coming players when he was playing for, for the Penny Panthers. And it's just totally changed on the dime. He's just, you know, I think everyone has always called into question what his hunger has always been and, and if this is really... You know, if he's really really willing to put in the hard work to get the results that he needs and, and to stay healthy. But for what I've seen, I'm pretty excited. And I've been that guy that's always been on the fence with Matt Moylan because I just don't think that he has made the sacrifices needed to be the player that I think that the man really can be. But he looks good. He looks really, really good. And if, he, if we can get 80% of that talent playing in the halves as he's as he's getting back in that feel of playing 5-8. I think the Sharks can be very, very excited about that. But I think the, the almost more astonishing than the Moylan um, being named by Morris to be the 5-8, has, have you guys seen the reinvention of Andrew Fafita? Holy cow! First off, I was shocked when I found out that Andrew Fafita last season, was playing at over 300 pounds. And if you look at Andrew Fafita, no matter if he looked large or not, there's a nimbleness about him for the size that the man is, right? There's something about him. The the only problem is he's taped up like the mummy because he's carrying injury after injury after injury. And the body cannot handle playing the game at the pace that, that, that an NRL game goes at now to carry that much weight that the body will not break down underneath it. it just It's just going to happen. It, it is, it's inevitable that an injury is going to happen, and when you're carrying that much type of weight on an injury, especially a lower body injury, it's going to continue to manifest and it's going to continue to build and build and build until you probably injure something else because you're you're running different, you're trying to look out for it, you're trying to baby it a little bit. And unfortunately, Andrew Fafita's knee has been wonky for a while. And if you've had a knee injury, I've had a total reconstructor of my knee. Carrying extra weight on your on your body, on your person affects that knee. So, with that all that backstory being laid down, Andrew Fafita wants to come in and play this season under 260 pounds. But he's already dropped 45 pounds, Shedheads. He has dropped 45 pounds since last season already. And it's, a, it's, it's an incredible story about him looking at himself and saying, 
I can't play the game the way that I know that I, I can play it, but the way that I'm going to need to play it, playing it the way that I'm playing it now with what I am bringing to the field. And I've seen some pictures of Andrew Fafita and his running without all that weight. He looks like he looks like a new man, first off. He looks, you know, lean and mean. But it is just fascinating to see how different his body looks with that type of a weight loss. And and I gotta admit to you, of all the, the players that we're gonna talk about today on our 4020, during our 4020. Andrew Fafita has me the most excited to see what the new Fafita 2.0 is going to be like. Because I think he could be a remarkable player, uh, especially if he can keep up with the pace of the game. Because I don't think his strength and that big Andrew Fafita, don't argue, fend, is going is to drop whatsoever. I think you're going to see a, a violent, brutal, physically fit Andrew Fafita And let me tell you something, a fit, angry Fafita is a player you want to have. He's a player you want on your side. So congratulations for that weight loss. And it's not just for the game. Congratulations just for his physical health, for Andrew Fafita to get back into that type of a shape, uh, especially going into this 2021 season. And the stories just keep on coming, Shedheads, because the next one was my first atomic bomb that went off. And that was news that the 2021 season will be the last season for Roger Tuivasa-Shek to play for the New Zealand Warriors. RTS is going to follow his dream and is going to play in rugby union. So he can hopefully parlay that into putting on probably the most prized jersey in New Zealand. RTS wants to be an all-black, and he wants to represent the all-black in the Rugby World Cup. The Warriors have granted him the release after this season, and now news is breaking that he has signed a two-year deal to play for the Auckland Blues. Now, hopefully he does better than Benji did when Benji left Rugby League back after, the I think, the 14th season, 13-14 season, and he went in and played for the Blues with his dream to put on the All Blacks jersey. But I think RTS has a really good chance of playing for the All Blacks. And I think, you know, he grew up playing a lot of Union. So I think that, I think Roger Tuvasacek is going to make the All Blacks. I'm going to call my shot. I think that he is going to make the All Blacks. I think that I think he's going to be a, a, a really a, a really bright spot for the Auckland Blues in 2022. But it's really crazy to see him leave. And I know that, I don't want to say there's a bad taste in his mouth about last season, but I know last season was really tough for RTS being away from New Zealand for as long as he was because of um, having to relocate because of COVID. But I think that is a huge groundbreaking uh, event that has happened. I know that there's already rumblings that there's some disarray going on with Nathan Brown's coaching style with the Warriors right now. He's already pulled out three of his players from playing the All-Stars game. And I know those guys take it very much pridefully to play for the Maori All-Stars in that game. So who knows what's going on really right now at the Warriors. They're already relocated back over in Tamworth right now. 
Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I think they've got the pieces in place to be a, a pretty tough pretty tough squad this year. But I think it all depends if they all buy into Nathan Brown. If Brownie can get the best out of him and if they listen to his coaching style and Gus Gould's coaching style. Because if it doesn't, we've seen coaches not last too long with the Warriors. And I think that was a big a big get going out to try to get Nathan Brown. You know, we, just, we see what Brownie did with Newcastle. But does that same voice work in New Zealand? Does that same voice work for the Warriors? Uh, only time will tell. But I know one thing, it is going to be tough. And now with, with wind and, and rumor coming out that RTS is gone after the 2021 season, it looks like the Warriors are now circling the wagons around Scott Drinkwater up where their old coach is, is coaching Peyton for the North Queensland Cowboys. So it looks like the Warriors are making an attempt trying to bring Drinkwater to the Warriors for 2022, even though Peyton and the Cowboys say they're going to try like hell to keep him up there. So we're already starting rumblings for the 2022 season, and we haven't even had the opening kickoff for the 2021 season. The big news about RTS, and it's going to be really, really exciting to watch to see if he can live out his dream of playing for the All Blacks. Well, this is a story that we have been covering for, oh boy, I'd say since the halfway point of last season. And that is the thing and the scary thing and the scary side of of rugby league and Aussie rules football and all contact sports. And that's head trauma, head injury. And the last time we talked about this individual, he had to step down and and say that he cannot complete and finish the, the State of Origin series. And by now, you know I'm talking about Boyd Cordner, the captain for the Sydney Roosters, the captain for the the New South Wales Blues. Well, Boyd Cordner, it is being hinted, is going to miss up to 12 weeks or the first 12 games of the season for the Roosters this, seal, this, this season because the Roosters are trying to get or they're applying for relief for his contract situation. They want to try to obtain... $350,000 in money that they could use to, I don't know, maybe, you know, signing another player or giving a, a player a little bit more money because Boyd Corner is going to be out at least the first 12 games for concussion recovery. And I am, I am applauding this decision. I'm applauding Trent Robinson, the Roosters. I think I told you, you know, episodes ago, that Robbo really cares about his players. He really cares about their health. He cares about their future after the game. So I'm really, 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 really curious to see what Boyd Cordner looks like after these first 12 games, even though it's only so far just a quote-unquote, I don't want to say a rumor, but it's just speculation that he's going to miss the first 12 games. So that is going to be big, and I think that we're all going to have to pay a little bit more attention to see what transpires from this. Uh, but to me, the, the most important thing is that we get a healthy Boyd Cordner. Because if we do not have a healthy Boyd Cordner, I think it's a loss to all of us, just for the man himself. Because no one wants to deal with head injuries and head trauma later on down the line. And 
We have no idea, truthfully, what the head trauma could be right now for Boyd Cordner for the injuries he's already sustained. So uh, here's hoping for a speedy recovery for Boyd Cordner, but, but being smart about his recovery as well. And we keep going, we keep going, we keep going, and we keep going because we've got more stories. Because then the Cronulla Sharks just poached away St. George Illawar's captain, Cameron McGinnis, on a four-year deal. Now, we talked about Cameron McGinnis, I think it was about three or four weeks ago, that Madge McGuire, the coach for the Tigers, had been allegedly whining and dining him about coming next season to play for the Tigers in the the dummy half role or, you know, wherever he was going to play him. And a lot of people thought that was a that was looking like a not maybe a done deal, but a good chance of happening because of Madge's old relationship with with Cameron McGinnis. But out of the blue, Morris sneaks in and signs him, and the Sharkies sign him for a four-year deal at five hundred thousand a season. Now I know that. Cameron McGinnis was really close with Mary McGregor. And it was very tough for him to see Mary have to step down and leave the coaching position as the head coach of St. George last season. Matters of fact, so much so that Cameron McGinnis gave him the jersey off his back after they won Mary's last game as head coach. And it sounds like there's been talk about him having his captaincy removed for St. George and that that the team is maybe looking at going a different direction. So much so that they they almost downplayed his importance by really making it a big deal about getting Cameron re-signed going forward. And I think this could be a big deal. You know, there's been some really good sound bites coming out of the Dragons preseason. You know, Jack Bird is down there and and he's trying to revitalize his career and 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 this and and Sims is talking a lot, and a lot of the haves are, are you know Ben Hunt and 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 Corey Norman are, are allegedly playing well, and there's big talk that Corey Norman is revitalized and reamped to to really go at it again. That's all good. That's all well and good. But when your team captain signs away from your club, I think that shows that there's still some work to be done. And even though right now preseason is looking good right now for the Dragons, that doesn't mean anything if they start the season losing two in a row. And then it's going to come down to Anthony Griffin doing what he feels is best for his club. But I do think that this is a big, big, big story. I think this is a huge get for the Cronulla Sharks. I'm saying it's Morris's big, his first big signing since he was the, you know, since he was the coach. And there's a lot of heat on Morris's head. He's probably probably the coach on maybe the hottest hot seat of all the coaches. So I hope that that for one, Morris gets the shot that he deserves. You know, they've been under horrible salary cap problems with Cronulla, and then Bronson Sherry gets, you know, evicted for two or three years by Asada and you know it's just been a bad start to last season and, and the Sharks still still had a pretty good season they had some ups and downs and sometimes you didn't know what Sharks club was going to show up 
but they had a pretty good season. So who knows? I am very, very excited to see what what transpires uh, from Cameron McInnes putting on the sky blue and black. But, you know, what does St. George do going forward? So that's a big story. Uh, a couple days ago, a story also broke because we, 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 we hear a lot going on in Brisbane, how the culture's changing and and that the team is is, is playing hard under Kevy and Kevy's got a new direction going and all that. But a pl- but the, but the player up at Brisbane that's under the probably the most scrutiny on all the hottest hot seat would be Anthony Milford. Anthony Milford, I think, is making a million a season. And he just has not, he's just not become the tan locky a lot of people thought he was going to be. A lot of people, when he got signed there, thought that he had the ability to make Brisbane fans forget about Darren Lockyer. And even Darren Lockyer gave him the the pat on the back, that a boy, you know, we know that you're going to do some great things here. And it just hasn't panned out for Anthony Milford. Anthony Milford seems like a lot of times that he doesn't want to be there, wants to be there doesn't want to run, wants to run. It's just like a roller coaster ride. Well, bad news for Anthony Milford. Anthony Milford has broken his hand. He's broken a metacarpal bone inside his hand. And it's saying, and it's looking like he's going to miss the start of the season. Now, that's going to be tough because I know Kevy is looking very hard about his halves pairings. He's looking at, you know, dummy half pairings. He's looking about trying to shore up that spine a little bit. Well, I said shouldn't say a little bit. You know, we're talking about the the reigning wooden spooners. So he's looking at changing a lot. But Milford has to weigh into those possibilities of a brighter future or at least a brighter season. So we're going to have to see what how this bone heals. How does Milford mentally take on this challenge of trying to battle back? Because I guess he broke it the day before, went back into training the next day, and it was still hurting him, and he was having problems with grip. So, you know, it's crazy how we're this close to the season that this type of an injury, you know, won't have him ready because we're we're that close, Shedheads. I'm saying the season is wrapping. It's knocking. I'm saying we've got, I think we've got a game coming. I think the Charity Shield is next weekend. I'm thinking. Anyway, it's coming up. And I think we talked about that a a couple weeks ago about some of the preseason schedule and all. Uh, But anyway, it is a month of healing that he's got to get himself 100% ready and match fit tough. So I think the story is still out on Anthony Milford. And I think Anthony Milford is going to have to have a a tremendous season for him to, to come anywhere close to making the type of money he's making right now for the Brisbane Broncos. And our last story in the 4020 this week is the story that I kind of told you about. It's coming to fruition. Paul Green has been signed to a one-year deal to coach the Maroons for State of Origin this coming season. Now that's a good story. And I'm I'm happy for Greeny that he's he's got himself another coaching gig. I know that it's a one-year deal because there's real talk that Paul Green's wants to prove that he's still got it as a coach because he wants to coach another NRL club. He wants an NRL side. He wants the day-in and day-out rigors of being a coach for an NRL club. But I think he sees the easiest way for a stepping platform back into that game 
is to to piggyback off of the victory that Wayne delivered with the Maroons last season and following that up by quote-unquote helping the Maroons win State of Origin again this year and hopefully getting a job from that. But it's going to be tough because it sounds like Paul Green has rubbed some players wrong, uh, that he's kind of had a falling out with Kalen Ponga. And if Ponga's 100% healthy, you know, you're expecting him to be the fullback for the Maroons. Um, so there's just some players that it sounds like that have played with him back at North Queensland that have a little bit of a problem with Paul Green. So I think it's been it, it's kind of up in the air for us to see how Greeny's approach, you know, he's already starting to hire coaches right now, and it sounds like JT, Jonathan Thurston, is going to be one of his coaches. But that's big, and after a victory from State of Origin like they had last year with Wayne when no one gave them a chance under the H-E double hockey sticks, we're going to have to see because he's going to have to... There's a lot of pressure on Anthony Milford because the Maroons are going to be under a little bit of pressure to repeat in what they proved they could do last year. And they were not really a fully fit, healthy club last year, the Maroons. So if they, by every means, come into this season halfway through and are firing on all cylinders, some of these players, you know, people are going to expect Green to lead them to a championship again and to that shield. So... Congratulations to Coach Green for being back in the game, but I don't think I'd want the weight that's on your shoulders for trying to keep the Toad Nation happy and looking forward to some results. Now, I hinted earlier as we got into this how excited I was with this being Super Bowl weekend. Well, if you don't know, and you've been living under a rock for the last, I don't know, two weeks, We've got a big matchup. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chief Kingdom against Tampa Bay and the Brady Buccaneers. Man, this is a this is a matchup. I, I I really can't describe to you how big this is. This is this is like if we got a good matchup between MJ against an early LeBron. A lot of people have really matched it up to a young Magic Johnson against a young Michael Jordan. And the young Michael Jordan ended up beating the older Magic Johnson to win his first championship. But I'm going to say something. And this is this is me. It's right now the line is Chiefs are a three-point favorite. You know me. I hate the lines. I hate lines like that. I think... You know, I'm more of that gentleman. This is how it is. I got this team. You got that team. Let's go. I got this. Let's go. Let's go. But I find it hard to fathom, hard to believe. It sounds like it's going to be nice temperature, but it's going to be raining for the Super Bowl. I just I, I just do not see Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs losing this game. I don't. I know that his offensive line is a little bit battered and beaten. But the one thing about Patrick Mahomes is his vision, his accuracy, having the strongest arm in the league, and his ability to slide out of trouble. 
find the open receiver and to exploit the secondary. And I know a lot of people are, have been pointing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their defensive you know, their defensive line wreaking havoc. You know, they put Aaron Rodgers on his back more than Linda Lovelace back in the day. But I don't see, you know, even though Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks and probably the MVP of the league this season, he does not have the elusiveness of Patrick Mahomes. He may have a, a howitzer for a right arm, but he cannot make the uncanny throws that Patrick Mahomes can make too. And I just see him being able to be Patrick Mahomes. It sounds like he's getting Sammy Watkins back for this game. And I don't see the Buccaneers offense, unless they try to run the ball, unless they try to not use Tom Brady as Tom Brady and letting him distribute the ball all around the field, I do not see Tampa Bay with the ability to hang with that luxury sports car out of Kansas City. Kansas City's got the best tight end in the league in Kelsey. Tampa Bay has the last great tight end in the league in, in Gronkowski. But that baton's been handed over. Tampa Bay has the last, the GOAT. Some people say the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm still a guy that says Joe Montana is, but that is my opinion. But he's going up against the kid. And I just think it's a changing of the guard. I think that Patrick Mahomes kind of showed you when they played earlier this season. And I know that this, these teams are, you know, have played a lot of games since then. But I just do not see right now an elderly Brady playing and, and scoring a lot of points against a Chiefs defense led by the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Cha-ching! But I just don't... I think the pressure the Chiefs are going to put on Brady, and we all know that Brady hates people to be in his face, and he hates pressure. And I think they're going to be bringing blitzes from the turnpike all the way down to the Everglades. I think that they're going to be all over this guy. And they're going to confuse him. And it's not that Brady can't read the game, because we know that he is. I'm saying no matter if I say that Joe Montana to me is the greatest quarterback ever, Tom Brady is a very, very smart quarterback. And he's able to read things. And that's why you have to mix it up. You have to bring blitzes from the from the, from the the ends. You have to bring it sometimes from, from linebackers. You just have to be able to mix it up where he does not know fully where it's going to come from. And even though he had an incredible first half against Green Bay last week, you saw his second half, he threw three interceptions. And if it wasn't for the Buccaneers' defense, they lose that game. Timeout. If it wasn't for the defense and them kick and the Packers kicking a field goal and Aaron Rodgers not running for that touchdown, that might also be a major reason that they won that game as well. Sorry, State Farm. I apologize that it isn't your 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 Patty Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl. Jake, is that you? Anyway, so I, I don't really know, but I just have that gut feeling. And I heard Kurt Warner, the ex-great quarterback from the St. Louis Rams, Arizona Cardinals. 
I heard Kurt Warner talking, and he thinks that the Chiefs will win by double digits. He thinks that they just they match up so so well against the Buccaneers, and that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a field day. So I have kept it short and outside the bubble because to me there is nothing else. Even though LeBron has been doing LeBron things uh, again, proving to me like I told you earlier. That numbers are showing that LeBron James is getting better with age. And no professional athlete that we've ever seen, Michael Jordan, any of these guys, have gotten after their 35th birthday that their numbers have gone up. And LeBron's numbers have gone up. His scoring has not gone up. But everywhere else it's gone up. His his three-point percentage... Is it in, it, I think it's 44%. It's insane. And last night, he imposes will again last night by beating the Denver Nuggets. Just took over the game in the fourth quarter. So, I'm not going to go into detail about that. What I Why I brought that up is to show you that things are still going on. LeBron is still being LeBron. The GOP still says they work for you. And Tom Brady eats avocado ice cream. So, things are still the same. It's still the same. But I am looking forward to more stories next week, Shedheads. And and, and uh, please find a chance to watch this Super Bowl. I think it's going to be magical this weekend. And I think that it's we're going to see something we might not have seen. I'm saying this will be the first, if the Chiefs can win this, it'll be the first Super Bowl repeat since I think 2003-2004. Uh, and that was the New England Patriots again with Tom Brady. So I think we're going to see a magical game. I think we're going to see some crazy stuff happening with the NRL next week, too. I think there's going to be some some major signings, and, and we've got to keep our eyes open for some injuries that are coming up. And then the AFL. We haven't forgotten about the AFL. The AFLW is going on right now. Um, but, you know, a lot of stories are coming out of Collingwood, which we're going to get into next week, about racist claims and, 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 and a bad front office and on and on and on. But I didn't want to get into that stuff with it being Super Bowl week. I wanted positive stories. I didn't want to talk about people being arrested and people not liking people because of the color of their skin. So, I am your Shed Adamus. Make some money off of my pick. Buy your wife something nice for Valentine's Day. Give her a hug. You know what? That's free. Give her a hug, Shedheads. Let her know that she's that special woman. Yeah, I said it. Let her know that she's that special woman. But I'm done. That's enough for me. But until next time, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson. Love you guys. We'll talk to you soon, Shedheads. See ya! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson. Talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 